And joining me right now here on the Mark Moses Show to recap Championship Sunday, and we'll get to some Gator Athletics as well. Scott does a great job with his show, Sports Now, up there in Jacksonville. Is a good friend, John Frary. John, how you doing today? Mark, doing great on a beautiful Northeast day up in the state of Florida. Over two on Championship Sunday, I struck out kind of like Lamar Jackson and the Detroit Lions in the second half. I didn't have it. I thought we were going to be looking at Detroit and Baltimore, but we're going to be looking at a Super Bowl 54 rematch instead. My favorite part of what you just said, your brain kind of froze because it's so cold outside where you weren't sure where you were. Am I in Florida or is this Alaska? Is that what's going on, John? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's... uh little brisk by our standards, but still a beautiful day. Not as bad as it was two weeks ago. We're spoiled in Florida, Mark. Let's face it. We are just spoiled, and I'm happy to be spoiled, but it is rough on uh, the southern blood when we get some of these <laughs> cold spells through here. Let's start with that game, the early one on Sunday. I'm still disgusted by Baltimore. They should have won that game. I don't know what they were thinking, especially in offense. What did you take out of that game as Kansas City's going back to the Super Bowl now? I was overwhelmed that Kansas City pretty much dictated the game from start to finish. I thought it would be just the opposite. I thought Baltimore had been the bully all year, had blown teams out, had out physical teams. It was just the opposite on Sunday with Kansas City. Kansas City, from the start of that game, showed who the boss was from start to finish. Travis Kelsey had a career first half. Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes, which I figured that. No no turnovers. But if you had told me last week when I was on, Mark, that Kansas City was only going to score 17 points and would score nothing in the second half and punt five of their six possessions – I would say Baltimore is going to win going away. So I was disgusted as well. And the biggest thing I took away from that was Baltimore wasn't ready for prime time. There was a lot of stupid penalties in that game from the Ravens. Zay Flowers with the taunting after the 54-yard reception. Later on, adding insult to injury, getting stripped as he was about to go in for a touchdown, which – really was the game at that point. It would have been a three-point game if the Ravens scored there with a lot of time left. You kind of felt like it was over, at least I did, once Kansas City recovered that and got the touchback. And Lamar Jackson was held uh, pretty much in check. He had a couple of runs, but not his normal day, that's for sure. Let me give props out to Steve Spagnola, the Kansas City defensive coordinator. I think he was the star of the game, to be quite honest with you. Holding that team to 10 points, that's the same team that put 56 up against Miami uh, back in late December. That's the team that blew San Francisco out on Christmas night, who was in the Super Bowl. So hats off to the Kansas City Chiefs. They were the better team on Sunday. I should know better than to pick against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs by now, Mark. Did the Ravens run the ball like six times in the football game? Is that it? Is that possible? I don't even know if I believe that stat. I still don't. I, I'm just, I'm just dumbfounded where you know your identity and then you abandon it in the biggest game of the season on national television. Just play 
run the ball. Stop the run. I'm, see, I'm still angry, buddy. How about you? I am. I mean, I'm disappointed. I, I wanted to see something different, to be quite yeah. honest with you, meaning I did not want to see Kansas City back in the Super Bowl again. Nothing against them. They've been great. And I thought Baltimore this year, it was all set up for them to get to the Super Bowl. This would be Lamar Jackson's moment. But like you said, the game plan looked, uh, it just looked like they had no game plan, to be honest. And I honestly think they panicked when they fell behind. Yes. Even though they were not behind by a lot, the Ravens were not used to being behind very often during the season. Like I said, they blew a lot of teams out, including Jacksonville when they were here back in December. So I think the fact that they were playing uphill all day, I think some panic set in. And I put a little bit of that on the coaching staff, too. I think they should have stayed true to the run more than they did, which, by the way, Kyle Shanahan did in the second game on Sunday, to his credit. Even though they were down by 17, they stayed to who they were. Yes. The Ravens, on the other hand, did not. And that's the reason they're not going to be playing on February 11th. I I don't understand 48 hours out from that game. You know your identity, and then what are you doing? And you're right. you got to give credit to the Kansas City Chiefs. Lamar Jackson's in shotgun on every play, and then he's trying to make hero ball. Like, you're only down 10. Just go back to basics. Stop. You know what it is my dad says? It's the pressure. It It's pressure. It's just, it's one thing to play in week five against Jacksonville. I'm sorry I have to bring that up. It's another thing. You're getting ready for the Super Bowl. The pressure, they crumbled. That's how I feel. They crumbled and they looked unprofessional. That's my hot take, John. And I don't know what your thoughts are, but that's how I remember Baltimore this season. Yeah, that's the memory I'll probably go away with too, Mark. They weren't ready for prime time. That's for sure. The the narrative has been that Lamar Jackson has not been very good in the playoffs. They did beat the Texans the week before, but he's two and four overall in his career. And he's going to be a two-time MVP because he's going to win the award next Thursday night in NFL honors. I don't think there's any doubt. And if you're basing it on the regular season, which is what the award's based on, mm-hmm. I would say he deserves it. But until he gets the Ravens to a Super Bowl, I think this is going to be a, a black cloud over his career, to be quite honest with you. And he's only 27 years old, so there's still time. But until the Ravens manage to get over I- this, that's how people are going to view them. I agree. Even if they run out to a 7-2 and two start next season – yeah, who cares? I think a lot of people like yours truly is going to be not so fast. Let's see what they got in January because they just haven't been very good in January overall during the Lamar Jackson tenure. You, you know what it's like in the NBA last year where Joel Embiid won the MVP and then we get to the playoffs, he crumbles, and then Joker wins the NBA championship. No one's going to remember that. Like, if if Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, then who cares if Lamar won the MVP in the regular season? Look, I feel bad saying these comments. I do. But that's the truth. Let's go to the other game. You brought this up. How did San Francisco get it done there in the second half against Detroit? I thought Kyle Shanahan did a great job coaching second half, Mark, because you're down 24-7. A lot of teams might abandon the run and might abandon who they are. The 49ers did not. Now, the Lions helped them, and yes. Dan Campbell, in my opinion, helped them too by going for a couple of fourth downs where 
I think you take the points, even though that's how the Lions did it the majority of the year. I get it. But having said all that, Christian McCaffrey, the run game, Brock Purdy had some nice runs. Who would have thought on Championship Sunday, I think Brock Purdy was the better runner over Lamar Jackson. And I wouldn't have thought I would I ever have told you that last week. But but for that one day was, he had some critical runs that broke the Lions back in the second half. And then the Lions had a turnover. The Lions, like I said, had some drop passes, couldn't convert on fourth downs. And it doesn't help to be lucky as well. And San Francisco did get a little luck on the ricochet that went to IU that set up a touchdown. So anything that could go wrong did for Detroit in the second half. But give Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers credit. And I think their experience showed in this because Detroit hasn't been been there in 32 years. And the players they had, most of them haven't been there. I know Jared Goff played in the Super Bowl for the Rams. But for the 49ers, they're consistently in the championship game every year. Now, they lost the last two. But I think it showed they've been there before because they, they, you just didn't feel like, at least I didn't, unlike the Baltimore game where you sensed panic, I did not with San Francisco. They seemed pretty calm even when they were down 24-7. to Like they knew they could still come back, play their game, and pull it off. And to their credit, they did. So I think we've got a, a great Super Bowl uh, matchup on paper, no doubt about it, even though it's the complete opposite of the one I thought we were going to oh, have last week. I'm with you 100%. I, that, I thought we were going to get the other two teams. There was a moment there at the start of the fourth quarter, John Ferry, where the game is tied 24-all, and we start the fourth. And I put this on Twitter. Does anyone in America think Detroit can win this game now? No! No one thought. Is that how you felt? You're like, look, Niners are going to win this. That's how I felt. When they let that lead get away, absolutely. You Mm -hmm. could tell all the momentum was with the 49ers. The confidence was with the 49ers. And like I said before, it was a team that's, been there and done that i mean they were in the super bowl four years ago they still got i believe seven starters from that team on this current 49er roster and they've been in championship games for now the last three years in a row so yeah kind of felt like detroit thought we had our chance we let it get away and i never felt in the fourth quarter they were going to win once san francisco caught up and especially once they went ahead now I would have liked to have seen Dan Campbell take two field goals on fourth down yeah. and see where that game might have gone, but he elected to go for it. They didn't make either one of them, and the rest is history, as they say. Look, I know Dan Campbell's getting destroyed. How about those lines wide receivers? How about they catch the ball in the second half? They're dropping everything. There was a play. Dude, Goff throws it to the end zone when they're down three points. Williams goes right through his hands for a touchdown. It is... I'll see you in 32 years, Detroit, <laughs> in another Sunday. Okay. I mean, that brings up a bigger point. I want your take. You're a guy that covers the Jaguars. You remember 2017? You're right there. You know the pain. You could have beaten the Patriots. You're probably thinking, ah, we'll be back. Even last year, second round of the playoffs, we'll be back. You have to take advantage of these opportunities, right? Because they don't come up very often. You do, uh, especially when you're a franchise that's not there that often, like Mm. Detroit, like Jacksonville, you've got to capitalize on that because 
with free agency, injuries, there's no guarantee you'll be back there next year. And even Dan Campbell, who I was surprised he said this publicly, said that might be their only shot after the game. They might not get back there again, which I think is realistic. He might be right. I wouldn't have gone public with that. But, yeah, that's the way I felt uh, six-plus years ago when Jacksonville had New England on the ropes, gave up a third and 20. We're still upset about Miles Jack not being down, but that aside, you got to capitalize when you get there, especially when you're a franchise that is a perennial loser. That pains yeah. me to say about the Jags, but that's what they've been, and the Lions especially have been that. So when you're one of those franchises, you better cash in because you're not there very often. Okay, when Christian McCaffrey goes to the Hall of Fame, Will he acknowledge he ever played for the Carolina Panthers? No way. No, I don't. I don't think so. (laughs) There's no way. I think he's the luckiest man right now in the NFL that he got traded to the 49ers, and obviously he played for Stanford in college. He's from that area, so good for him. But no, I don't think he will acknowledge that. He might briefly. But he's going in as a San Francisco 49er in Canton. We all know that. Okay, who's your early pick to win the Super Bowl? I've learned my lesson. I'm going with Kansas City. I'm not picking against them. I'm, I never thought I'd say this again, Mark, but I'm where I was with Tom Brady and the Patriots. Hmm. I picked against them multiple times for a while during Tom's career, thinking this is time they're going to lose, they're going to get them. And even that one year in Tampa, and finally I got to a point where I said, I'm not picking against Tom Brady anymore. That's where I am with the Kansas City Chiefs, because this was the year to get them. This was not a great year for them. I know that sounds crazy to say. They're in the Super Bowl, but by the standards they've had, this was not a very good year for them, and yet here we are. They're back in the Super Bowl. I think they've gotten a little healthier. Now, they did lose a key defensive end on Sunday that is out with a torn ACL. But having said all that, Kelsey looks like he's getting healthier at the right time at tight end. I like the Chiefs' defense. So I'm going with Kansas City on February 11th. I can't pick against them again. When are we going to the Super Bowl? Enough of Patrick Mahomes. When can we go, John? Come on. Well, I'll tell you something, Mark. Uh, I don't know if you saw the average ticket price for these Super Bowls right now. God bless the fans. $8,811 is what I saw this morning for an average ticket, and you can bet that's in the nosebleed. And so now, unless the Jaguars make it one of these years, it might be infinity before I get to go to a Super Bowl <laughs> myself. But I hear you. I would love to go and see somebody different than Mahomes and the Chiefs, but it's the new version of the New England Patriots. I think we better get used to it for Please. a while because – Patrick Mahomes is only 28 years old, for those that don't know that. And if he wins on Sunday, or a week from Sunday, excuse me, yeah, he's going to be ahead of Tom Brady's pace. That's unbelievable. Now, he'd have to match it the rest of the way, and that's still a tall order, but that's incredible when you think about it, that he would be ahead of where Tom was at 28 years old at this point. He'd have, he'd have three Super Bowls in his back pocket if the Chiefs win this time. Look, forget him. I'm worried about you. I can't have you showing up like your sister Jean and you're 102 years old and your team finally makes the Super Bowl. Okay? This can't happen. All right? Moving forward.
<laughs> you saw you saw the guy, what was it, the Lions season ticket holder? He he's had tickets for like fifty years. They kept showing him. And he's in his eighties. Yeah, that can't happen to you, John. We can't let this happen. Come on. I appreciate the sentiment. Let us light a candle or maybe numerous ones that that doesn't happen <laughs> to me. And more importantly for all of Jaguar Nation up in Northeast Florida, but I'm going to be honest, the way it's looking right now, now things change. It, it's so fluid in the NFL as far as teams going from last to first and vice versa. We'll see. The Jags need a big offseason, I think, to have a chance next year, though. They, they need a lot of player procurement, as they say, especially on the offensive and defensive lines, which is what Trent Baalke touched on, the general manager, in his uh, – end of season address last Thursday. So Jags got some work to do, especially with the way the Texans looked and getting in the playoffs and the Colts. So I think Jags got some work this off season. Hey, a Jaguar made the Super Bowl. It's guy from Cocoa, Florida who played for the Gators. Uh, Juwan Taylor. He made the right decision. He's going to the Super Bowl, buddy. I hope you know that. I do. And Ben Barch, who got released from the Jags, who back in training camp, was going to be penciled in as one of the starting offensive guards, has also made the Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers, not as a starter, but he has also made it. So there are some former Jaguars. Chris Conley, a receiver in the 49ers rotation, Mm. has also made it. So that makes it even more bitter, as they say, for Jaguar fans when you see guys like that that have made it. (laughs) It's awesome. It really is. Uh, before I let you go, we're here with John Ferry. You know, we were talking about this off air. Hey, Gators basketball for the last couple of games, it looks like they finally turned it on. And I'm looking at the schedule here as we're going to go into February where, what do you got tomorrow? You got Kentucky, Texas A&M, Auburn. What do you think about the Gators right now? I think they're in good position. 14 and six, four and three in conference. They've won their last three in a row. They almost let one get away this past Saturday. They had a 21-point lead over Georgia, and that game went to overtime. So that was scary for them. But they did pull it off in overtime. I don't think they're going to beat Kentucky tomorrow night, but I think there's some wins on that schedule to get them in the NCAA tournament. You mentioned Texas A&M. I think that's gettable for them. They've got Auburn in a couple of weeks in Gainesville, which – They've beaten Auburn before in Gainesville. I know Bruce Pearl's a great coach, but I think they could get that one. They've got Vanderbilt twice left on this schedule. You would think that's going to be two wins for them. And then they play Georgia again on the road, and they've got Missouri in Gainesville. So I think they'll be in the big dance in March is where all this is headed, which would be the first time in three years. Nice. So that would be a nice accomplishment for Todd Golden to get this program back in March Madness, which honestly is where they need to be every year, Mark. When you've got 68 teams that get there, Mm. it's inexcusable Florida hasn't been there the last two years. But that aside, I like the rotation they have. They've also been a lot better from the free throw line the last two games. They're 34 for 40, and that's big because they had struggled from that area early on. So if they can keep that up, play consistently inside with Tyree Samuel, Alex Condon, and some of the bigs they have, I think they'll be in the big dance come March. That game in Kentucky coming up Wednesday night is going to be interesting because 
They should have beaten Kentucky and fell apart a couple weeks ago. And we talked about it on air there at the O-Dome. I, I think this is going to be a good uh, test for them against Kentucky to see how they play under that pressure, the spotlight, that crowd. Do you feel that way as well? I do, because they've struggled on the road, this Gator basketball team. They were blown out in Knoxville against Tennessee. They were blown out in Oxford against Mississippi. So they really need to play well tomorrow night, even if they don't win. It's going to be a tough out to win in Rupp Arena. They should have beaten Kentucky back on January 6th, Yeah, as you stated, which if they had that win on their resume right now, Mark, I feel like they're almost in the tournament now, believe it or not, as crazy as it sounds, even though that's only one extra game because Kentucky's in the top ten, and they've been in the top ten for the majority of this basketball season. So – that was a big one to let get away, but tomorrow night's important, no doubt. This, this team's got to start playing better away from the O'Connell Center. They, they've been very good at home, other than the Kentucky game. That was the one loss, but they've got to play better on the road if they're going to get to the big dance because they're going to need a few wins down the stretch on the road to be able to get in this year. Is the spring game now set for April 13th? Is that right? That is correct, and thank goodness that is a Saturday for Gator fans listening. Not a Thursday night. I thought that was awful the last two years. They put it on Thursday night for all those ham and eggers out there that are listening. I feel you. I mean, Thursday night's tough to go down and watch a spring game, and especially for a program that's not winning right now, not to pile on, but I think you got to put that thing on Saturday every year. And it will be on Saturday. The time hasn't been announced yet, but it will be Master Saturday for those that are familiar with that in Augusta, Georgia. So it's back to that weekend, but it will be April 13th. Oh, I'm ready to see DJ Lagway. All right. I don't, and don't. I know people come on my show all the time. You're not guilty of this. Oh, it's just a spring game, whatever. No, this team can't get to a bowl game. I got to see what we got for the spring game. You agree, correct? I, I do. Plus, remember last year's spring game? Mm. They basically didn't score any points. That's right. And the narrative was everybody came away from that very down, very depressed. And no, the spring games, especially for a program that's struggling, and needs good PR and needs momentum, I think is very important. And I agree with you, DJ Lagway's got to be out there, which I can't imagine he wouldn't be, Mark. And I also think you and I have talked about this, and I've brought this up on my show. What? Billy Napier's got to play him next year. That doesn't mean he starts him, but he's got to have significant uh, packages for him because in the age of I'll transfer if they don't play me, you got to play him. Uh, there's no doubt because he still honored his commitment. He came to Florida when a lot of guys might have bailed with what's going on. So no doubt DJ Lagway's playing April 13th, but I think you better see him out there August 31st too when they play Miami to begin the season next year. Can't wait. John Ferry Sports Now. My man, thanks for your help and have a great day. Mark, as always, an honor and a pleasure, and hopefully my batting average improves. Uh, again, Kansas City all the way. <laughs>